This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise Dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The mystery punchers are rapidly losing their fight with the king in yellow. Red is fatally wounded and barely fought her way free of the monster's tentacles. Adrian finally shot it with his ray gun before the weapon overloaded, and Richter tried to throw the exploding ray gun at the tentacle creature, but accidentally hurled it straight upwards. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Red, nobody told you that hell would be cold. And yet, you feel a full body chill. And in a way, it's comforting because everything has been so completely fucked up that really, if you woke up in like fire and brimstone, it would actually kind of be a real like kick in the teeth at this point because like there's been enough uh, wacky bullshit. but uh, at least you won't have to deal with it anymore. 
Um, at which point you hear your old pal, Robert Walker, Bobby Walkie, say, uh, hey, uh, guys, I think, I think she's coming too. And as you kind of blink your eyes, uh, you realize uh, you're in the back of an ice cream truck. Um, Richter, Adrian, and Red, um, you find yourselves in the back of Bobby Walkie's ice cream truck. Um, Richter and Adrian, you both remember the flash. You both remember intense heat. Uh, and uh, you both, unfortunately, uh, distinctly remember um, the smell of roasting flesh as the uh, minor nuclear event that occurred uh, above you, um, Brustul. Uh, you both have very bad sunburns. Uh, Red, you do as well. Um, but you're alive. Um, in the immediate aftermath, uh, you explain um, first to uh, Mr. Walker, the ice cream man, and then to um, Red. In the immediate aftermath of of coming to your senses after you you threw up from the the blast of, of radiation that hit you, um, the king in yellow was gone. Um, now Robert Walker, knowing his business as an ice cream man, um, was on his way to this very site uh, just in case um, you or any of his other contacts needed uh, any uh, items of particular note. Uh, and found um, Adrian, you and Richter basically like sprawled out half conscious and read just fully out. Uh, luckily you two came, came to a bit faster and uh, together you were able to drag red into the back of the ice cream truck uh, before uh, Donnie splinters cops um, found you where the King in yellow stood. Um, there's blood. Um, shreds of people you find a, there was a, a scrap of the ingenue's dress um, but otherwise um, a long almost slug like trail uh, leading to an empty sewer grate um, it would seem that uh, as you recovered the creature escaped the king in yellow is now loose on Helmfirth and the three of you are recovering in Robert Walker's ice cream truck um, Richter and Adrian, you can both go ahead and roll me con checks, please, to see if you are able to stay conscious enough to observe anything else about the creature's escape. It's a success for Adrian. Ale for Richter. Ryan, what do you think Adrian would... I, I think I know what Ryan would want to know, but what do you think Adrian would pay attention to again in this, like if it was a movie, they'd have one of those filters on where everything kind of like clicks back into frame constantly. Like you were um, dazed both from the concussive blast of the gun exploding, um, but also the, the wave of radiation that came off of it. Or do you think you would have just been fixated on whether or not red was dead? Um, he saw red fight out. So I don't think he would, he would assume she wasn't that hurt. I mostly mean because the, this is in the seconds after the bomb went off. So, yeah, I think he probably just note like, how big is it? Is it moving good? Like it would just be a question of like, how injured is the animal that ran away? I think that's all he could. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it looked, uh, very badly injured. Um, again, it's a hardy creature and it, it 
seemed like it was really kind of intent on on murder until it took like massive damage. Um, but the fact that it didn't stay to fight would indicate that it is badly wounded. Um, so though it is is loose on the town, um, it might be hiding for a bit. Um, if you were to, to take the met, the animal metaphor to its sort of logical extreme, um, this isn't a thing that could like go raise hell right now. Also, probably, I mean, I don't think Adrian would necessarily clock this, but this thing was set up by Thomas to like have a prime hunting ground and to basically cause like, you can almost think of it as a bomb, right? Like he tried to set up the most possible murder in the smallest amount of space. So it's not like this thing is like fucking Godzilla or venom just out there running, like whipping tentacles of people being like, I can fight in broad daylight. Um, It, it, it is likely in the same way your plans were stymied. It's plans were also completely flipped and upended. Uh, and also Michael Thomas seemed to be somewhat controlling it. So now that it no longer has a handler, it might be more dangerous, but there might not be an agenda. So those are the things you, you kind of have um, before you, you kind of drifted out of consciousness. Um, but uh, you all find yourselves uh, very lucky to be alive. Uh, so lucky, in fact, uh, that uh, all of you are going to lose um, six points of luck. What happens if you don't have six points of luck? <laughs> I echo this question. Um, <laughs> then um, you get to um, do that thing where you just kind of draw a thin line with your mouths and like nod knowingly at Claire as though you, you also understand uh, what she's just lost, even though clearly you have lost nothing. Um, so if you don't have luck to, to burn, um, fine. I'm, I'm going to take myself it, down to zero. Yes, I'm yeah, take five. yourself. Okay, yeah, take yourself to zero, but um, there's no minus thing um also cool. realistically the two of you were conscious when this happened whereas red was on death's door so like that seems very forgiving for this game <laughs> oh it's oh that's... tom has abandoned this game to make this happen oh In... okay you're dead tyler and i probably dead look no i didn't take show. a full walk around my apartment uh to come back with a rules ruling okay, okay. <laughs> um although i did i would argue come back with a highly appropriate cthulhu ruling which is Cthulhu isn't about killing the monsters. Cthulhu is about surviving the monsters. Uh, and you did, but dot, dot, dot. Um, so and there's the tagline. <laughs> you survive the monsters, but dot, dot, dot. Every right. episode. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bobby Walkie goes, and uh, once he realizes that Red is is awake, um, he kind of goes and, and gets back in the, uh, the front of the car and... Um, turns on uh, the, the tinkling ice, ice cream song of uh, Arms Wide Open by Creed. And um, look, he's got a, like an ice cream truck full of guns. He actually doesn't want anyone coming to the ice cream truck. And if you blast Creed loud enough, no one comes to the truck. Um, and uh, so he continues to kind of um, drive uh, a little bit out of town, probably just far enough away that you're not in the center of downtown anymore. Um and the three of you uh, finally have a, a moment to catch your breath and uh, to catch up with each other. Y'all I, look like shit. I was going to say, like, like I've just had something, like, ripped out of my throat. Can I talk right now? Like, how how conscious and... Uh, yeah, the good news, based, Claire, on how you described it of, like, uh, like octopus with olive oil is um, 
you, you, your throat is certainly sore. Um, and I think you have that kind of, again, because it was trying to lay eggs in your stomach. Like you kind of have that kind of awful, like having choked feeling a bit. But the good news is because of the way you described it, I think ultimately like you can talk, it hurts, but like you're not that fucked okay. up. Also, like I, I feel like, I mean, I, I mentioned Sarah Connor and obviously I'm, I'm riffing on Alien for, for The King in Yellow. So there's definitely like an Ellen Ripley vibe in this as well. I also think that for Red, and you've, you've, you've displayed this a few times now, like rage tends to outweigh personal discomfort. So it hurts, but also I don't think there's any fucking way you're not talking. Plus the good news with being on an ice cream truck is there's a lot of soothing things in Yay. here. So like, I feel like you've probably been fed some ice um, and some other things. Uh, and you're holding so many guns. It's just a full bed full of guns with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a gun in one hand, like a popsicle in the other. Yeah, yeah. You're just like a fucking <laughs> uh, Jared Leto Joker in that one scene in Suicide Squad where he's just got a hyper elaborate gun display around him. Like you're just in your happy place. <laughs> Suddenly I have a tattoo that says red across my forehead. Uh, <laughs> oh. I mean, oh, after man. that last fight, it could say damaged. Yeah. <laughs> So many Oscars coming your way for this role. Like, it's unbelievable how many Oscars. You're going to be in every Batman movie from now to the end of time. I'm going to be the best Red. Everyone likes me the best. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, we have to go back <laughs> and kill that son of a bitch. Uh, Mr. Walkie, can I talk to you up front for a second? Uh, yeah, okay, Adrian, just, I, I'm, I'm driving, so, uh, no, we, oh, are, we are having a town meeting right now, just, Adrian. Adrian's gonna go up to the front of the ice cream truck and be like, uh, do you have handcuffs? Uh, no, afraid I don't there, champ. Uh, it's one of the problems with being an ice cream man slash ice cream man is, uh, lots of guns, lots of bullets, not so much with the handcuffs there, champ. Do you have Manacles? <laughs> you know, I like where your head's at there, kid, but unfortunately, no. Also, no manacles to be had. Do you have rope? You know, rope would have been a good idea. That is logically something I could have. In fact, I do not. I have some ice cream and I have some guns. <laughs> would you like one of those two things? No, I, I'm, I'm good for now. Uh, and he'll just go back and I would say sit on Red's legs so she can't move. Okay, she's like real fucked up, but yeah, that 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 makes Adrian Diesel logic. Um, from the uh, the front, um, you just uh, as you you walk away, uh, you see uh, Robert take out like a small notepad and write down. Like you can see, there's a shopping list, and there's like apples and a few other things. And he just writes rope and underlines it twice. Having not seen Boondock Saints, he does not have this cultural reference just at hand. So like legitimately, he this is this is a revelation for him. shopping for rope. Mr. Walker, please take us back to the theater. Yeah, you're not in charge anymore, so I think you should just go to sleep. I beg your pardon? Well, you almost died again with no plan, like last time, what you promised not to do anymore. So now I'm in charge. And what exactly is your plan, Adrian Diesel? You're going to go to the hospital, and we're going to stay there for about three weeks. No, we are not. That thing is going to get away. Do you understand? That thing is going to turn everything. That It might come after us. We have to go on the, <coughs> we have to go on the offensive. 
Oh, yeah, what offensive are you going to go on? You can't even stand up. She's going to, like, damn it. Red's one weakness. Someone sitting on her legs. (laughs) I was going to say, Red's one weakness. Weakness. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Richter, you're observing all of this. Uh, Do you intercede at all, or do you just kind of let this happen? No, I mean, this is between them. Uh, nobody has more influence over Adrian than Red, so there's that's there's no point barking up that tree for for Richter. I, I think he's probably really thinking about uh, Lord Hatzer and just going through a mental rolodex of okay, where have I read that name before? What have, what do I know about Lord mm-hmm. Hatzer? What can uh, I... And I'm sorry, I I miss uh, I misspoke in the heat of battle. It's um, Haster. H-A-S-T-U-R. Sorry, I might have actually... Uh, no, dude, you. I 100% said it wrong because, uh, you know, it's one of those weird little uh, improv moments where, uh, this is a little peek behind the curtain, uh, where my brain literally went, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, what's the pronunciation? Oh, shit, you didn't write it down anywhere nearby. It's in one of these book pages, but you flip to find a fucking ray gun. I'll just say anything. Uh, and then I looked up after, like, oh, thank God. And I looked up Lord on break, I was like, soup. shit. So Lord Hamster, also close. Closer yeah. than mine. Um, okay, so uh, with that in mind, then, uh, Richter, can you please roll me a uh, let's go with an occult check because this isn't you're checking this against your knowledge prior to all of these events, not against like the things I've learned. Yeah, 34 will give us a hard success. Nice. Um, so now that you've got a bit of, of critical distance from uh, uh, the yellow sign and and from kind of the uh, the allure of it, um, you uh, recognize um, Hester as um, a figure you haven't actually seen uh, directly named, but based on the rest of the evidence, you can kind of piece together um, as um uh the one who shall not be named uh very unfortunately oh, has, has go. been named somebody fucked somebody up somebody spilled the beans i mean you had just driven a car <laughs> into him and then blew it up um but uh definitely syncs up with um kind of the uh the old ones uh the great old ones um now, the king in yellow obviously was not um, Hastur himself, but you've definitely read about the idea of avatars of uh, these ancient beings um, being summoned or or set loose. Um, so that would seem to be what uh, what you encountered. Okay, so like a servant of or an aspect of of. Um, That's kind of what I was curious about. Is so not so much as what's Haster about, but if this person is saying my Lord Haster, like who serves Haster, what is Haster the deity of, or what does Haster hold dominion over to give us a better idea of what we're up against in terms of like the forces of Haster. I think for that, you would need to look some shit up. Uh, I don't think you have that at hand. Um, That said, can you please roll me um, an education check? Yeah. Or a history check. Whichever you prefer. Edu is pretty high. Let's see history really quick. Uh, ooh, education beats it by five. So let's do education. And that'll be a success. Uh, yeah, just regular success. Regular success. Okay. Um, 
So as uh, Adrian and Red continue to uh, basically have a, a, like a power struggle, um, you kind of disappear <laughs> into, into your mind to kind of uh, think about this. So basically I'm going to intercut what that role gets you with what they're doing just so it isn't like, and now for like a brief info dump to break up this highly dramatic scene. Um, but um, something doesn't sit right with you uh, about the idea of, of Hastur being involved, uh, largely because um, uh, the Reverend Michael Thomas is involved. And that seems to kind of like those, those two pieces don't fit. Uh, and we'll mm. talk about why in a moment. Uh, meanwhile, um, Red, you're uh, facing your your greatest weakness. Weakness. Um, Adrian is uh, correct in as much as you are very wounded, and your desire to kill mm-hmm. is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, um, I think uh, how we've talked like a long time ago about the fact that. Um, at like post orphanage, I think the assumption of being like a rum runner who doesn't work for Capone, mm-hmm. you kind of have to assume at some point you will die. Like it's not, mm-hmm. I don't think people retire from that. Um, and I think you'd kind of made peace with that. But now that like, you know, there's a, perhaps a chance to save Benny, perhaps there's a chance to save Tracy. Like there's a bunch of weird new shit in the mix um what is where's red at around kind of mortality at this point i I mainly ask because adrian is raising a very valid point that like you've almost died several times now and you've basically Mm -hmm. gone from like never almost dying like tight scrape but like we got away to like death's door so i'm kind of curious where where red would be at with this before we continue the argument with adrian because i think that'll inform what what happens there I think where she's at is, is, is death is, death is fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, if they don't like fix what's going on in this town right now and she dies, it's going to come after Adrian. Mm, Okay. That is where her brain is. So like, like she can die, but not until she gets rid of the threats that are going to actively come after him. I see. Gotcha. Okay, great. Um, so how do you respond then to Adrian's, uh, actually like very, I I know it like frustrates Red, but it is like a legitimately enduring Mm -hmm. desire to make sure she's okay. As I mean, the two of you only fairly recently discovered that both of your driving motivations are to protect the other one, but this was new information for both characters not that long ago. So Mm -hmm. how do you respond? Adrian, if we do not take care of this now... I don't want to think about how powerful these things are going to grow and everything is happening very quickly. Yeah, you keep dying real close to when you almost die. So no. what, what's your plan, miss? Can't stand up tentacle in face. Adrian. You said you'd have a plan and then you didn't have a plan. So if you have a plan, I'll consider it because I'm in charge. She kind of like nods her head at that, being like, "Sure, sure, buddy." Um, I want, <coughs> I want to go back to the original plan of beating the shit out of the mayor and getting some answers. Like right now. Yes. But when we were all okay, we tried that. It went 
very badly. Well, we're just going to have to try another way. Okay, so with this in mind, um, Red, given that you're at zero HP, you will need um, some amount of time to recover. Uh, That said, like, taking a few hours to rest up would likely get you back to, like, I'll give you, like, a D4. Um, So it is possible um, to take a run at the mayor now. Um, It's also, like, sorry. No, no, no. Like, I, I, and also, sorry, being fully aware that, like, Red is being stubborn and that this isn't necessarily, like, we must do. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> I guess my, my, my main question, though, is, uh, and this is for the, the entire party to consider, uh, if you need to lay low for, for a little bit, um, Bobby Walkie, unfortunately, can't, yeah. like, he's got to drive you somewhere because, as we've established, unfortunately, the mob is also aware of what ice cream men do. Uh, and given that the, the mob now runs the police force in Helmfirth, um, he's not particularly immune from anything. So he has to drop you off somewhere. Yeah. Uh, if you did need to lay low, you'll need to figure out where that would be. Obviously now the, um, the, uh, antique shop is like highly protected, which is new. Um, you do still have the diesel estate. Um, that is, is kind of another safe house. Uh, but anyway, um, something to consider. Yeah, my I mean, my vote would definitely be for the, the occult shop because maybe we can suit up and get some magic shit that Red doesn't understand, uh, but that'll help us fight these things. And uh, Ryan, of course, Adrian is being uh, very firm in his beliefs and his doctrines. Uh, I, I'm kind of asking these meta questions just so I can get a sense of what I need to start thinking about. But uh, I also don't think he would just drop this for narrative sake. So, um, oh, no. Uh, what is where would where would Addy want to go? Where where's safe for him right now? Uh, it may also just be the shop. Like that's the totally shop fair. had the magic wall, so I think that he'd buy that. Um. Also, I think he'd he'd believe that there might be handcuffs there, and he's very into this idea of handcuffs. Okay, fair enough. Um. All right. So, is that the direction you give to uh, Robert? I think he'd say, yeah, to go to Richter. Yeah, we'll go to Richter's. But here's the deal, Red. What you just told me, because I learned from you. I said, what's the plan? And you gave me a goal. And that's different than a plan. You said we beat up the mayor. And that's what happens at the end of a plan. But what's the plan to get us there? Because what I've learned your plans are is run towards the dangerous thing until it shoots or stabs or tentacles you. And then you almost die. And then I almost die trying to save you. And then Grandpa Richard does things to my left that I don't entirely understand. The one who will not be named. (laughs) Dum-dums and dice would like to welcome you to Karst Cold and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. Karst Cold and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! Episodes are available now. 
tip of my tongue und I, I couldn't in the moment for the life of me remember where I have heard that name before. Hatsur, excuse me, Hastur is the one who will not be named. Kind of a, a sort of, a, what is the word, an oxymoron a, a little, yeah. But um, well, yeah, I, I would very much like to go to my shop to look over some uh, selected uh, works and texts to uh, gather uh, a little more in- information on uh, this uh, cabal of characters that, that may or may not be working in service of uh, Haster. What, what if we call him Pee-Pee? Well, we're not going to do that. But then the hamster will have a name. His name is uh, is Hastor. But you said he w- was not be named. Yeah. So we could name him Pee-Pee. <laughs> you, you can call him Pee-Pee if you like. I pray to all the known and unknown gods that we never meet Pee-Pee. I hope, I hope with all of my heart, Addy, that, that monster we faced this evening was a servant to PP, a slave to PP. I wish, I, I, I wish no one to ever meet PP face to face. And you, so you may call Hasta whatever you wish to call him because it, you settled on PP. Uh, because because in the events that we are face to face with him, we will likely go mad or be obliterated. Which is why we need to extract information about the mayor about when they are planning this whole ritual for whatever purpose it is. So what's your plan to get to that goal? I need to just Think about it, Adrian. But that's always what you say, and then you run in somewhere and get shot, stabbed, or tentacled. Fine. Fine. Let's go to your shop. Damn it. And with that, you'll go to the shop. <gasps> um, so you um, roll up uh, to um, uh, Helmforth Curiosities um, and uh, uh, Robert kind of um, has to unfortunately kind of quickly dump you. He's already kind of uh, exposed himself a bit too much. Um, uh, so he, uh, he peels out. Um, forgive me. Did you leave um, the father at your shop or did you leave him elsewhere? The father. Let me look the at the priest notes. that we picked up. Yeah. Oh, God. No, um, we dropped him off somewhere. Yeah, I think he was doing his own thing. So we yep. may have dropped him at the shop, but I doubt he just said Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. That's totally fine. Um, he is, uh, he's off doing his thing. Uh, that makes more sense. Um, so um, with, uh, with, with no, no small sense of relief, uh, you, you make your way inside the shop and uh, trigger the, uh, the defenses, um, which is, you know, nice it's kind of a, a nice uh <laughs> after all of that uh very nice to um have something that is also in a way ethereal to protect you um and uh you're able to take a, a bit of a breather um so uh, obviously from what you've described uh, the plan is still um to go after uh, uh montgomery greaves 
um, probably as soon as possible. However, Adrian's condition for letting this happen is if there is a plan. If there's a plan, then we're good to go. Um, the question, I guess, for you, Red, is A, what your contribution to the plan is. I think the plan is something all three of you will put together. Um, but B, how long you want to rest. I feel like Adrian would be like quietly go over to like Grandpa Richard because I mean Red can't really walk around much. She's mm. a fucking train wreck. Just be like, so do you have handcuffs? <laughs> uh, no, Andy, I do not have uh, handcuffs. No. Okay. Do you have manacles? No, Andy. Those are a handcuffs, are they not? They're, they're older. Um, do you have rope? No, Andy, I do not have rope either. This okay. is this is largely a bookstore and some other assorted trinkets and artifacts. But you had that mirror that made everyone go crazy. That is true, yeah. So can you get me handcuffs? No, I, I don't think I can, uh... While this My is going boy, on, Red has like pulled a flask from her shirt <laughs> and is just like drinking in the corner. Yeah, there's like a hole in it from one of the like one of the tentacles attacked, and it's just like it's it's up near the top, so it's not really fucking with your booze, but it's just like another fucking insult injury. Yeah. What do you need all of these uh, binding instruments for, Addy? I, I only need one. Um here's the deal, Grandpa. If I can get handcuffs and keys, I can cuff myself to Red and then put the key in and break it so Red can't go off and kill herself like she keeps trying to do because I'm starting to think that I'm the smart one. Hmm. Well, Addy, you can rest easy knowing that handcuffing yourself to someone permanently is not smart so okay do you have an iron lung how eddie how do you know what an iron lung is it was in a movie i saw at the drive-in oh it's a drive-in you say how novel well no eddie i do not have an iron lung at the shop what do you at i'm Scared to ask, but what do you need an iron lung for, Eddie? Well, if I put red in it, then she couldn't get out until she got better. Do you have a large cage? No, Eddie, I'm afraid I do not. Like a bird cage for a very big bird. I do have a bird cage, but it's it's for a regular-sized bird. Is there a zoo here? That I could purchase, and I would have to ask Tom now. Does Helm? Is there a Helmforth Zoo? No, it's more of a traveling fair kind of joint. Right, okay. You just get mopey zoo lions who show up in like weird, sad cages and hang out for a couple of days, and are like, oh, and then they move on to the next town. So, Eddie, there is no zoo in in Helmfort. Okay, here's the problem. Red is going to die because Red is stupid. I need a way to trap Red until Red will not die. What do I do? You're smart. 
I find that in situations like this, uh, lateral sinking. Uh, what? Can it, Lateral sinking, Addy. We don't have a ladder. Do you have a ladder? I do not have a ladder, Addy. Um, you say the problem is that Red is stupid. And, and going to die because she is very injured and determined to fight everything. Yeah, but, but the dying is coming from the stupidity, yeah? Yeah. So why not make Red smart? That way she does not have to be trapped. She can be smart and protect herself and accept your protection better. Can I interject I... for a hot second here? Uh, Tyler, do you say that loud enough? Uh, does Old Man Richter say that loud enough that Red can hear him? Like, are you trying to get her in on this or are you just having a private conversation? Uh, Richter is not speaking in like hushed tones or anything like okay. that. He's speaking in like an indoor voice. Great. So because um... like, this is a social cue that like, again, like also... <laughs> Like, as much as he likes these two, like, this is a tr- borderline trivial problem <laughs> compared yep. to Fully stuff understood. that's rattling Great. around Thank his you. Head. Okay, uh, so, Red, as you're sipping your booze, you hear all this, but I think it's one of those, like, sad scenes where, like, you know, Wolverine has to hear the rest of the X-Men talk about, like, yeah. how much they just wish he'd hang out with them more, and he's <laughs> like, ah, I guess I... Okay, I guess I do I'll, push people away. Yeah, anyway. I'll put off hunting Sabretooth for another day. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, like, as much as she wants to just run out the door and fisticuffs this thing, like, she, she is not stupid. And uh, she knows that Adrian, like, she can't, she can't overpower him. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, she also needs him to help fight. So, for sure. And uh, to, what your do point, you do? to your point earlier, though, I think there is also something to the idea of like Red has only recently clocked into the fact that like Adrian's seemingly only reason for living is to protect you. Whereas mm-hmm. before, I think it was kind of like, a, no, I got to protect him. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that does change things a bit on this mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, he's being stubborn and he's doing all this. But like it is a bit of a catch 22 because previously it's like, well, if I die shooting a demon in the head. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking fine because I shot the demon in the head. But now realizing that that would also hurt yeah. him perhaps more than getting killed by a demon is... Yeah. is anyway. uh, Ryan, I cut you off. Uh, I just wanted to sort of make sure we had that additional context. So yeah, you're, you're having a sad Wolverine sip. Uh, and Ryan, how do you respond? I am flattered that you would think that I am someone who could teach other people. I am only smart compared to Red. Compared to everyone else, oh my God. I am stupid. Well, Addy, uh, uh, an interesting thing has uh, occurred here. Um, I think we have found perhaps uh, a, a hidden or previously unknown uh, skill that you have, Addy. And I think you could share that skill with Red, because I think that is something that is special about only you, and that is you are extremely well-equipped to fight and survive these extremely unusual enemies that we have been faced with, these otherworldly adversaries. And you have survived an encounter with a cult, 
you fought a giant beast inside of a mental temple, Vismi. You, you have seen things that Red has not seen or that Red is not ready to believe exist. Now, tonight, the likely uh, push Red uh, further into madness and the realization that there are things out there that do not make sense. But you have been exposed to these things and you have adapted quite well, young man. I must say, you are extremely able-bodied and you have developed quite a knack for dealing with these otherworldly beings. And I, I think that is something that you can share with Red and teach her how to cope, how to, how to fight the way you fight, how to not die, as you, as you say. Hmm? What do you think of that, my boy? But she is small, so if I teach her to run up and punch, I think she'll die faster than if she stands at the back and shoots her guns. Well, she has not been standing at the back and shooting her guns, or now has she? So you've already got a good idea there for her, Eddie. Look at that. You surprise even yourself. All right, gentlemen. Thank you for that enlightening conversation about my particular skills and weaknesses. I appreciate hearing it. You're welcome. Eddie. Yes? As much as I despise insubordination by anybody who works for me, I do take your point in that perhaps I have been hasty. And she's like, she's not happy to say that <laughs> word. Um, so let's all sit down have a goddamn drink and figure out exactly what we're going to do next. And I promise I will not try to run out the door. Even if I could, I will not until we all agree on a plan. Does that sound acceptable to you both? So you promise that you won't leave until I agree to the plan. (laughs) Because you're not going to let me leave. That is what I am promising. Okay. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan the Plant at the Ryan the Plant on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker. At Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. And all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are dumdumdice. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, Maria Kennedy from Hero Trackers here to tell you about a special report we've been working on at Hero Track Media. With the help of my producer Shayna, we are going to reveal the life story of a mysterious hero that, as far as we can tell, has never been covered by a media outlet before. Subscribe to this podcast feed to learn more about this hero and the strange circumstances surrounding their life and career and how they might be connected to your favorite heroes. Coming soon from Hero Track Media, Vigil. Vigil, Season 1, an audio fiction superhero thriller in 10 parts from All In Productions. Featuring Haley Sanfilippo as Maria Kennedy and Adam Kudashat as Vigil. Subscribe or follow to make sure you're the first to know about Vigil. Vigil.